Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14. We're going to continue our study in the book of Romans. And we'll be, uh, well, I'll talk about that in a minute here. We're going to be in Romans for a little while yet. Don't, don't you worry. Uh, I'm going to cover a little bit tonight. We'll cover some more uh, as we go here. But I think the next couple weeks will be very helpful for everybody if you listen. Romans chapter 14, we're going to read the first 13 verses, all right? So lick your finger and stick it in somebody's ear or something or other here. Him that is weak in the faith. I want you to notice that statement, weak in the faith. Receive ye. (laughs) You okay back there? (laughs) Receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. For one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. Notice it's the vegetarians who are weak. Amen. Uh, Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not. Let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth, for God hath received, or hath uh, received him. Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. Yea, he shall be holden up, for God is able to make him stand. One man esteemeth one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. He that regardeth the day regardeth it unto the Lord, and he that regardeth not the day to the Lord, he doth not regard it. He that eateth, eateth to the Lord, for he giveth God thanks, and he eateth not to the Lord, he eateth not, and giveth God thanks. For none of us live to himself and no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. Whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ both died and rose and revived that we might, uh, that he might be Lord both to the dead and living. But why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set at naught thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Let us not therefore judge one another any more, but judge this rather that no man put a stumbling block or occasion to fall in his brother's way. Now, uh, we're going to be using this passage and uh, we're going to jump around a little bit tonight. Well, in the scriptures, I'm not going to actually jump, but I don't think uh, God has much to say about how we're to treat the weak. Now, I want you to notice back in verse number one, him that is weak in the faith. What are the next two words? Receive ye. So does that sound like God's asking us to do it or telling us to do it? So it's a command that we receive people who are weak, correct? All right, now, God expects us to help the weak. Not to kick them, not to criticize them, not to stomp them, not to say that they shouldn't be weak and tough it out. Strength does come by opposition, but listen to this statement. When I God gave me this statement to give you, I about had a spell in my office. 
Strength does come by opposition, but we're not to be the opposition to the weak. God didn't say that you are to be the opposition that gives them strength. You're to be the one that receives them and helps get them through their weakness. You see, some of us take it upon ourselves to be the opposition. We think we're making them strong. No, you're disobeying God. Uh, Us being tough on them may only destroy them, not build them up. God places the care and the growth of the weak on those who are strong. It's not supposed to be survival of the fittest in the Christian life. Now, let me remind you, God does not tell us to do something that he doesn't give us the ability to obey. Say, well, that's just not my nature. Then change your nature. You have a sinful nature like everybody else. It needs a change. Uh, God didn't say that (laughs) we will like or want to do everything he wants us to do. Did you know there are times and things in my life I don't want to do the way God wants me to do them? (laughs) Nobody likes having an enemy attack them. There's days I'd like to go punch my enemy out. (laughs) That doesn't mean I should. Yeah, I'll call Bobby. Anyway, uh, but but I'm supposed to love them, not hate them. It's a whole lot easier to hate them, and there's times I can't tell you that I haven't thought about wanting to hate them. Now, I hate what's being done, but I don't have to hate the person. Now, Romans chapter 14 Romans chapter 15 are all about how we are to handle weak Christians. Both of these chapters work together on how we, as stronger Christians, are to help weaker Christians. Now, let me remind you, these aren't my words, they're God's words. So don't get mad at me. Uh, This is not about... Uh, how I want things, I'm teaching you what God says. Uh, It's what he wants from us. In other words, my opinion doesn't matter, and your opinion doesn't matter. God's opinion does. And we have to understand that. Now, we (laughs) we should do just what God says and not have a opinion contrary to God's. I have opinions. I was talking to somebody this week and I said, yes, opinions are like noses. Everybody's got one. You pick which one you want. And they kind of chuckled, but it's true. Everybody's got an opinion. And it doesn't mean something's right and wrong because it's contrary to your opinion. I can go home any number of about five or six different ways. Just because I may not choose to go the way you would go doesn't mean you're right and I'm wrong. I'm still going to end up at the same destination. Yeah, but my way is faster. It's closer. Maybe, but it doesn't mean that it's wrong for me to go a different way. You see, an opinion is just that. That's how you would do it. 
But God wrote the book. Guess what? We're supposed to do it the way he said do it. And tonight, I want to help you with uh, the first part of this. I'm going to give you three thoughts tonight. Point number one, God expects us to receive weak people. God expects us to receive weak people. The word receive is an interesting word. It means to take to oneself. It literally means to admit them. Just like you would admit somebody into a hospital or into a friendship. It is an, <laughs> It literally is where we get the word admittance for a hospital. That's why Grace Baptist Church is supposed to be a hospital, not a museum. We're not supposed to collect donations to make it better. We're supposed to receive people to make them better. You see, that's why church isn't a place you go because you're perfect. You go because you're not perfect. Uh, God does, and I'm going to make a statement here, and I really want everybody to listen to the next couple statements here. I'll back it with scripture in just a moment. God does not care why someone is weak. God doesn't care what caused the weakness. He said, receive the weak. Now listen to this. Did you know people who have self-inflicted weakness should be received the same way as people who have been beat up and bloodied up by somebody else? It doesn't matter what caused the weakness. What matters is we receive the weak. God didn't say, him that is weak in the faith, receive ye if it's not self-inflicted. He just said, he, he that is weak. You see, the reason why should not determine our action or our help. You know, if you go to an emergency room with a gunshot wound, did you know if you shot yourself in the leg or somebody else shot you in the leg, that the care and the process is exactly the same? Why you got shot is not the issue to the hospital. It may be to the police officers. But it's not to the hospital. I hate to tell you something. You're not the judge. God is. Let him take care of it. We're supposed to be the hospital getting them better so that they can get through the rest of life. You see, too many of us want to be the judge and the jury and say, well, they did that to themselves, so they, they should know better. They can get back on their own. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, that's your opinion. That's not God's. God says, him that is weak, receive ye. Lest you doubt, go to Romans chapter 15. Look at verse number 1. Romans chapter 15, verse number 1. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the who? And not to please who? Ourselves. Oh. He didn't say that we who are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak that are hurting because somebody else hurt them only. Did you know there are backslidden people that need help and love because they're weak? Do you know there's a lot of hurting people out there? Brother Hiles used to have a 
radio broadcast when I was in college, and he would sign off every day with the statement, uh, be good to everybody because everybody's having a tough time. Boy, that's a true statement. He said, well, I'm not having a tough time today. Hang on, tomorrow's coming. Somebody's having a tough time. Maybe we should just be good to everybody and not worry about why they're having a tough time. Just realize they are. If they have a mother-in-law, they're having a tough time. If they're married, they're having a tough time. If they have kids that are teenagers, they're ready to kill themselves. Uh, uh, You see, you have to understand something. God does not care why someone is weak in reference to us helping them. We're not to be worried about, well, they should know better. They, they were taught better. Maybe, but they're still weak. Maybe they'll heal faster if they have a chance. But they may not because sometimes the healing process takes a long time. Turn to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. Like I said, God doesn't care why they're weak. He just says we're supposed to receive them. Galatians chapter 6, look at verse number 1. Brethren, it's talking to us Christians, right? Okay, you sound worse than Methodists. Brethren, that's Christians, right? Okay, just want to make sure you're still out there. If a man be overtaken in a fault... Ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill, what are the next two words? The law of Christ. Did you know we're commanded to bear one another's burdens? And in doing so, we fulfill the law of Christ. What is that law? Romans chapter 14. Him that is weak in the faith, receive ye. Romans chapter 15, verse number 1, talking about we who are spiritual to restore. Him that is weak in the faith, we're to restore them. The word restore literally means to resupply. It means to bring back to original value. If you have an old 67 Mustang that's been sitting in a barn and somebody totally restores it, they bring it back out and it looks showroom new again almost. Now, that's what God says that we are to do with those that are weak. We're to restore them, not complain about the fact that they let it get beat up and broken down and rusted out sitting in the barn. See, some of you would be so concerned about why it was rusted and why it had uh, this and why it had that. No, we're to just restore it and make it of value again. See, too many of us are worried about the process that broke it down that we won't build somebody back up. God did not make you the police officer and the jury and the judge. He made you the hospital tech to bring them back to good health. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 
1 Corinthians chapter 3. Let's use some other verses here. By the way, <laughs> this is how clicks get started. Clicks are, well, uh, they used to go to church, but they, they got, they, they, and we don't want them in our, our church because they might not, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, restore them. Well, they're not exactly, uh, restore them, let them come. You see, when somebody doesn't agree with you, you want to kick them out of your clique. Ouch. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, look at verse number 1. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto what? Spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as babes in Christ. That's not good-looking ladies, by the way. That means babies. I have fed you with milk. <laughs> and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are ye able, for ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? Now look at me. <laughs> when we start fussing and feuding, Having division in the church and people wishing they had what somebody else had and we want a position that somebody else had and we want some, somebody else's things and, uh, we, we begin looking at all those things. Guess what? We are no longer strong. We're weak. That's a church in need of revival. That's a church that's quit going after the lost and now they're going after each other. That's why when you go preach a revival, the first few nights, you're shucking the corn. You're cutting the hay, rolling it up, and, and beating the tar out of them. Say, why? Because you got to get them back to where they realize they weren't where they thought they were. They've been inflated with pride, and they need the Holy Spirit to kick the holy snot out of them and and get them back to where they quit picking on each other and get after the lost. We had a great day Sunday. We had, uh, I think, nine visitors total. We had uh, one saved, one baptized, one joined the church. What a great day. I have pastors all over America say, how do you live in a state of revival with your church? I said, because we're all concerned about getting the gospel out to as many people as we can get it out to. I, I had pastors at that pastor's meeting. Ah, you, you, know, you, you, you say you don't have cliques. You, you don't have people fussing and feuding with each other? No, we don't. Just yeah, just Scott. And nobody pays attention to him, so it doesn't matter. Now, wait a minute. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> if you listen to him long enough, he's fussing with himself. <laughs> Wait a minute. We're, we're, we're more concerned about reaching others than we are uh, what color the paint on the wall is. When we built this building, I didn't let anybody pick colors. You say, why? Because I've seen churches split over that stupid stuff. <laughs> Everybody has their own opinion. If I asked every woman in here about every color, well, uh, I, I would have 50 different colors picked. 
because everybody has their own taste. I happen to know more about the house of God than anybody and what it takes. And guess what? So be it. We weren't going to fight over it. When you came in, the carpet colors were picked, the wall colors were picked, the flooring colors out in the hallways were picked, the office colors were picked, the bathroom colors were picked, the cove moldings were picked, all of it was done. The only thing we didn't have was dividers in the bathroom till the day before church started. Now, wait a minute, and those were picked, we just didn't have them. Now, hang on for a second. You say, why did you do that, preacher? I know churches that if you change brands of toilet paper, you got to take it before the church and have a vote. Good night. Brother Harry, we didn't take a vote the day that I incinerated a pig on figuring out what to do. We just did it. Yeah, burn it up. And I paid for it, amen? I didn't have to go before the church. Y'all were hungry. You wanted food, amen? Uh, and you can't eat ash. <laughs> That's all there was left. Now, wait a minute. There are some things that require everybody to vote on it. But <laughs> if I'm going to spend $200 on a modular unit, I'm not going to bring it before the church and have y'all fight on it. I already talked to the board. If we got it at a good price, we were going to jump on it. Then I have preachers all over the country. Where'd you steal that thing? Well, God gave it to us. Now, hang on for a second. I'm not against... <laughs> That's why we have regular board meetings. That's why we get the financials out to you. That's why everything's out in the open. But I'm not kidding. There's churches that if the preacher gets <laughs> too wound up that... Everybody goes to the board and tells them to calm the preacher down. Well, it'll be a cold day where the booker man lives before that happens here. What happens on this side of the pulpit's up to me. What happens on that side's up to you. Uh, but no, <laughs> we all have a vote out there. There's only one vote here. This way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hang on. That's it. Now, wait a minute. By the way, that's why we don't have problems in our church that way. I've already told you, there, there are certain ways to run a church that God has set forth in the Bible. Did you realize that the church ran for, for about a decade and a half without a deacon? Hmm. I guess you don't have to have a deacon to have a church. Now, there are some things that require legalities in a church and I understand that. We have to have people that sign checks. I can sign a check, but it didn't going to get cashed. I'm not a signer. You say, why? That protects me. Uh, I can't be accused of uh, softening funds and moving and things because my name means nothing on there. There's only certain people who can sign a check and that check is able to be then cashed. My signature is not one of them. But that's why uh, we also protect people who count the money and who t take the money to the bank and pick it up and different things. And there's certain safety features there. Not because I don't trust them. I'm trying to protect them. There's a reason one person doesn't count the, the, the offerings. And we have a group of people that do it. You say, why? Because there's safety in numbers. Amen? 243. 30 odd six, nine million. Oh, anyway, uh, <laughs> there's safety in numbers, amen? 
Now, wait a minute. Uh, God says that uh, we are to not judge why someone needs restored. We're just to restore them. We're to feed them. We're to love them. We're to heal them. We're to take in the weak and, and give them strength. Uh, God just wants us to help and not judge why they need the help. Number two. This one's going to hurt. Go back to Romans chapter 14. Get mad at God. Don't get mad at me. Him that is weak in the faith, receive ye. Now watch this next statement. But not to doubtful disputations. Uh, Doubtful disputations. The word disputation means this. (laughs) Arguments. Differences. Matter of fact, God goes through some of these differences. He talks about diet, whether somebody should eat just vegetables or whether they should eat meat. Did you know if you only want to eat vegetables, that's fine. I happen to like raw vegetables. Don't cook them puppies. Now, wait a minute. But I also like my meat. Did you know that according to God, no meat is bad meat to eat? There was a diet for the Jews that he wanted separated in the Old Testament. Brother Lester Roloff's about to kill me right now. That's all right. But Brother Lester didn't read the rest of of the Bible because when the book of Acts came and God brought down all kinds of meat to Peter. And Peter said, I can't do that. It's unclean. He said, you calling what I brought to you unclean? There's nothing unclean. Because there's no longer a division between the Jew and the Gentile. We're all one. Amen. He said, you're still my chosen people, whether you eat that meat or not. Everybody doing okay? He said, well, pork is dirty. I hate to tell you something. If you've never been on a farm, you don't understand how dirty a cow is. A cow, a whole herd of cows will wander into a pond, do their business in one end and drink it while they're, turn around and drink it after they did their business. And you can go into a pig pen, they'll go into the same spot and not sit in their mess ever. And they go in the same place all the time. Well, a pig doesn't sweat. Well, might not, but neither do a lot of other animals that you eat. And you have to understand something. God said it was none of it. Now, if you choose not to eat pork, God bless you. If you choose not to eat chicken, God bless you. If you choose not to eat deer meat, that's your prerogative. Now, I'll eat it. I'll eat squirrel, rabbit, deer, you name it. If we can shoot it and hunt it and kill it legally, I'll eat it probably, just about anything. Now, all that being said, I'm not going to fight you over it. I do know this. God made an ark and put the animals on it, not the plants. There was a reason. Everybody doing okay? Now... I love you. Here it comes. That means this. Whether you uh, ascribe to the all-natural, free-range, organic, or the stuff you buy in the store that's the regular stuff that came from the same place, 
hate to disappoint you. You know what the difference between a free-range chicken and a, a regular chicken is? No, instead of putting the chickens in pens and keeping them in a 18 by 18 cage, they put the same amount of chickens on the ground in that building, squish them in, and because they don't have a cage, they're called free range. And they're still just as crammed in there. They're not running all over the countryside. Free. No, they just don't have a cage over the top of them. But they have many levels in there. And the birds on top are doing things on the birds below all the way down. And that's how it works. That's the only difference. Now, wait a minute. Uh, Well, I I believe in the non-GMO. Okay, God bless you. Well, I don't want penicillin in my, my meat. Well, I'd rather have a cow that when it was sick got a shot of penicillin and got the infection out that went to the slaughterhouse that had infection and they still slaughtered it. In less than seven days, the penicillin is out of the system of that animal and it's tested. (laughs) Uh, That's like saying, well, never mind. That's the next point here. If you choose homeopathic and all-natural medication. I'm happy for you. If you want to drink swamp water and eat tree bark and uh, eat barley green and alfalfa and all that, have at it. I smelled some of that stuff when I could smell and ain't going down the pie hole, trust me. But if you believe in medication, that's fine too. I hate to tell you something, medication comes from virtually the same thing you get your natural stuff from. It's the same thing. (laughs) Uh, Vitamin C, you gotta gotta have lots of. Well, you can overdose on vitamin C too. You can cause troubles with too much vitamin C. Vitamin C is acid, discorbic acid. You put too much acid in your system, (laughs) you're gonna have troubles. Now, wait a minute. God, look at verse number two again. For one believeth that he may eat all things. Another, who is weak, eateth herbs. Let him that eateth despise not him that eateth not. And God says, let's not judge them. Uh, Skip down to verse uh, number five. And One man esteemeth one day above another, and another esteemeth every day alike. Okay, that means this. There are some people that believe Sunday is the Christian Sabbath. That's a lie out of hell. Now, Sunday is to be set apart for the Lord's Day. I agree with you. Does that mean it's sinful for somebody to mow their grass between church services on Sunday? No, but I choose not to personally. I don't think it's a holy day, but me as a preacher, how's that going to go over in the neighborhood? Just doesn't look right. So I don't. I choose not to hunt on Sundays. I'm not saying it's sinful. We've got men in our church go out and hunt early Sunday morning, but they're here for Sunday school. Sunday morning, they'll hunt Sunday afternoon. Come to Sunday night church. I can't tell you I haven't hunted before Wednesday night church. 
I have many a time. But wait a minute, I choose not to on Sunday. Say why? What's it going to look like when you show up for Sunday school? And I say, well, I was out this morning and got me a big buck before Sunday school. It just doesn't sound right. Now, the men are going to say, cool preacher, but I just have a problem with it. I don't esteem many days, you know, I don't ascribe to holy days. Good Friday. That's a farce. It's a Catholic holiday. Uh, Jesus didn't die on Friday and resurrect on Sunday. There's not three days and three nights. Jesus died on a Wednesday and resurrected on Sunday morning. But, uh, and I have a sermon I preached on that years ago. You can look it up. Uh, we could go on. Uh, it talks about uh, <laughs> people judging one another. May I say something? If somebody chooses to go all natural, don't criticize them. Well, that's stupid. I wouldn't do it. Okay, if you wouldn't do it, keep your opinion to yourself. Quit judging somebody else. And if somebody chooses to go medicationally, don't you criticize them for going to the doctor. It's that simple. We're not supposed to criticize. I've got a preacher friend who believes in uh, his, he and his, his wife. They go through a lot of chelation in Mexico for cancers and stuff. And if it helps them, that's fine. I don't criticize. I can't tell you it's what I would do. I haven't been faced with it. I don't know. But that's what he's chosen. That's up to him, not me. They have to live with that decision, not me. I'm not going to criticize. Everybody understand that? I'm good either way. Just do something. Okay. <laughs> look at chapter 14. Look at verse number 15, uh, 15. Let me show you what God says about all this arguing back and forth about food and what kinds of foods and this holy day and that holy day and this, that, and the other thing. Look at verse 15. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably. Destroy not him with thy meat. In other words, if, uh, let me use the ridiculous to illustrate the obvious here. Uh, if, if Aaron was a vegetarian, obviously he's not, there's not enough vegetables in the world to give him that kind of shape. But, uh, if he were a vegetarian, I say, we're going to have you over to dinner, but I'm serving pork. And I know that he doesn't eat meat. I'm not to put him in a position to where there has to be some opposition. I should respect him enough to say, what can y'all eat? And we'll have dinner together. Everybody doing all right? Yeah. <laughs> Converted Jew, amen. He likes bacon too much to be a Jew. Uh, but anyway, uh, but you see what I'm saying? We're supposed to abide by somebody else's wishes. Uh, I've eaten in people's homes who are of different nationalities. Uh, we were in New Jersey, Nate and a family's home that, uh, they, they're Puerto Ricans. I can't tell you that all Puerto Rican food is bad. Unfortunately, I can't taste anything. So I can push anything just about down the pie hole, but there was something in it that I knew I didn't like, and nobody there, including Aaron, knew I didn't like it. It went down the pie hole. 
I picked as much of it out before it got on my plate as I could, but it didn't mean it all got out. And it went down. Say, did you enjoy that part of it? No, but the rest of it didn't taste any different. Now, can I say something? It, I wasn't going to offend them. I wasn't going to say, ooh, I don't like that. They were, they were honored that we would even be there. Why would I argue over something like that? Boy, that's, that's what God says. Look at verse number 16. Let, then, let not then your good be evil spoken of. For the kingdom of God is not in meat and drink, but in righteousness and peace and in joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that is in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify one another. For meat destroy not the work of God. It's kind of silly to have a fuss over meat, isn't it? I know a church. This is a true statement. I can tell you the name of the church I won't. I know a church that split over what kind of chicken to have at a chicken at a at a church picnic. They literally got in a fuss and a feud and split the church over what kind of chicken to have. Violated the scripture about being upset over what meat in the church. Let's not let our petty differences whether you go to the doctor or whether you go to the chiropractor, whether you go to the naturalist or homeopathic doctor or you go to the surgeon, I don't care. I'm not going to criticize anybody and neither should you. So, well, that's not how I would do it. Then don't do it that way, but don't tell everybody that you disagree with that person. That's what God's talking about here. Look at verse number 20. For meat destroy not the work of God. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for that man who eateth with offense. It is good neither to eat flesh, nor to drink wine, nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth, or is offended, or is made weak. Hast thou faith? Have it to thyself before God. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in that thing which he alloweth. And he that doubteth is damned if he eat because he eateth not of faith. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. You see, (laughs) the number of people getting saved should not be affected by what we have for dinner. (laughs) There's more important things to fuss over. Now, if somebody wants to get up and say that the King James Bible is not the word of God, let's go to fists. Watch me fight. Whether you go to the doctor or you go to the herbologist or whatever you want to call them, I'm not going to fuss with you. You say, why? Because it has no bearing on people getting saved. It's just a difference of preference. Uh, Boy, there's so much I want to say here. (laughs) Say, why should it be this way, preacher? (laughs) It's real simple. Look at verse number 12, point number three. So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Did you know you're going to face God for what you do in your life, not somebody else's? 
Let us not therefore judge one another any more. But judge this rather that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. For I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. But to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. There are some of you, you had a tough time in your past. I could go to a restaurant. I don't prefer to be around a bar anywhere. But it's kind of hard to go anywhere where liquor's not sold. <laughs> now, there are some of you, you might, I know some people that have just a hard, fast rule. They will not go anywhere that serves alcohol. Do you think I'm going to take them to a restaurant that serves alcohol? No. Say why? Because I don't want to offend them. I won't do it. Now, I hate to tell you this, it doesn't bother me that there's alcohol there. I don't like it, and I'll preach against it. But if I'm hungry, I'm going to eat. Now, I'm not going to go to Joe's Bar and Grill to order a steak because they got good steaks. But it doesn't mean I wouldn't go to Outback or Olive Garden or someplace like that. You see, I don't have to be around it. Does that make sense to everybody? And there's, what's the, what's the name of the place? Uh, Glory Days. Every time my wife and I go there, they want to put us right next to the bar. I say, no, I want to sit on the other side. Can I get as far away from that as possible? Oh, sure, no problem. I'm not going to sit at, at the table next to the bar because I just don't like that mentality. But it doesn't mean I'm not going to eat there. Now, there are some that they would be offended by that. I won't take them there. Everybody doing okay? I'm not going to judge them. It's just what bothers them. Boy, that's good stuff. Uh, (laughs) Arguing and fussing over food, medication, this, that, and the other thing is silly. Okay. I'm going to have fun with this for a second. To vax or not to vax? That is the question. I will say this, the people that say follow the science are the people who don't follow the science on creation. They call evolution a science when it's not even science. And if they followed the science, they'd know their mask didn't do anything. It's not about following the science. There are people in this room, I advised you to get your vaccination so you did not lose your job. You didn't do it because you wanted to. You did it because you had to. That's what I was opposed to through the whole thing. I was against a mandate for it. Everybody doing okay? Is somebody going to die and go to hell because they got a vaccination? No. Quit fighting over it. It's over and done with. Be done. God does not want us beating people down because we think differently on food or medication or uh, what to do on Sunday. He wants us to help weak people no matter why they're weak. He said, receive ye weak people. Look how silly it is 
to focus on what somebody eats, how they get their medication. And yet, churches are filled with this stuff. I know churches that if you have a Christmas tree, you're, you're of the Antichrist. I've heard preachers preach whole sermons on having a Christmas tree is of the devil. Uh, Brother Aaron, <laughs> you're really in trouble if that's the case. I think last year he had 30-some in his house alone. Now, wait a minute. Uh, I don't think it's wrong. Now, I think we can get to a point where if somebody's worshiping a tree, that's one thing. But just because you have a Christmas tree doesn't mean you're going to go to the booger man. Everybody doing all right? Uh, let me read a couple of verses to you. First Corinthians chapter 8. And I'm done. I will finish on time. First Corinthians chapter 8. Look at verse number 8. The Bible says, But meat condemneth us, or commendeth us not to God. For neither if we eat are we better, neither if we eat not are we the worse. But take heed lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. We've got some folks that don't eat certain kinds of meat in our church. So if they're going to come to my house, I know not to serve it and I'm not going to put them in a bad situation. I'm not going to fuss over it. I won't be a stumbling block to them. Everybody doing okay? Boy, that's good stuff. You see, we who are strong on either side aren't to cause somebody who's weak to become even weaker because of it. Beating them over the head saying you're right and they're wrong isn't helping them. And God doesn't care which side of it you fall on, just so you know. By the way, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Look at verse 31. Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Give none offense, neither to the Jews nor to the Gentiles nor to the church of God. In other words, let's respect everybody. Let's not fuss and feud over what we eat or what, where we get our medicines, or how we take care of our health care, or whatever. Let's not get into big fusses over this. Let's take weak people and receive them and bring them in and help them be strong. Let's not worry about why they're weak. Let's not judge them how they got weak. Let's just build them up and restore them and give them strength so that they don't have to stay weak. That's what God's t teaching us here in Romans 14. Every head bowed, every eye closed. We judge each other way too much. Our opinions are way too high and way too strong. Way too strong. 